1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back yet again with just one week remaining to the NBA trade deadline, and we'll be getting to that in due order with Ryan Bernardoni at Danger Cart on Twitter. But first, Ryan, uh, we, we, we are obligated to talk about uh, a, a blowout of historic proportions on Wednesday night against the Brooklyn Nets uh the celtics they really were kind of due for one of these they hadn't had a blowout probably since at least it feels like a month maybe like back in phoenix was the last time they had a beat down to to, the, to this level but the uh doing it to the nets the shorthanded nets but the the way they pretty much just dominated 48 minutes on both ends of the floor was uh certainly a welcome sight after a somewhat rocky uh last two weeks
0: yeah, it turns out you have to uh, play and particularly shoot well in order to blow teams out. Mm. And that if you don't do that, then it's hard to blow teams out. Uh, they had not played well, not just for the the little three-game losing streak, but they didn't play well against the Lakers. They hadn't played – they obviously won the game against the Warriors, but I don't think played particularly well. I don't think they had played particularly well even back to, like, the Charlotte game. Um, and some of that is just – it's, you know, it's January that happens. Even good teams, they have a little period where they – they go through uh, a little bit of a malaise and have a bad and guys are out, and you, whatever. And, and guys are out. Yeah. I mean, all of it, right? Like they just hadn't played particularly well. And yesterday they, you open the game and you make eight threes in the first, whatever it was, four and a half minutes. And it's like, okay, the game's over. The nets basically rolled over. Like they were not playing any defense the entire rest of the way. Um, they have guys who can make shots. And so they, it wasn't like a, an embarrassing score on offense, but like that, they just didn't care at all on defense. And so the Celtics were just able to, to roll through it. Um, uh, but that's really what happens, right? Like you have this little str- the spurt at the beginning where it's like the, the Nets can't make anything to sell this. literally everything that they're throwing up there from no matter how far away it is, is going in. And I think that the Nets were just like, all right, it's not our night. <laughs> we're going to take the next 42 <laughs> minutes and we're going to we got we know we got to be out here, but we're not we're not putting a ton of effort in. Uh, and that's kind of what it looked like to me. But yeah, it's good teams blow out teams right like that's sort of the hallmark of it it's not that you win close games where it's a lot of luck it's like good teams don't get into close games or they get into fewer close games by winning blowouts and and as you said they hadn't had a blowout in a while but when you shoot like that and run up against a team that didn't seem super interested in trying to fight back uh you end up leading by nearly 50 at one point and um making what that, that adds like a basically like an entire point to their point differential for the year um not quite but but a lot of it uh comes from from games like that after not not playing super well uh in the, the lead up
1: it's i mean they scored i'm gonna clean glass here they scored 141.8 points per on possessions, 99th percentile um and for them to be that that level without with literally not going to the free throw line at all <laughs> like in that yeah the refs guess, also did
0: not care after the yeah first quarter, right they were like we're not calling any of this like just go if you if you guys don't care we don't care They're, they weren't calling fouls there were a couple of ones that you're like, those are really obvious travels in a year when they've called like
1: a lot of travels, the refs were just like, no, we're not just let's get this over. (laughs) with. And it was great. It was a nice tidy two hours despite the ESPN game. So like that was, uh, that was a dream situation there. But yeah, I think, I mean, the bottom line for like, uh, you know, Marcus Smart is still out of lineup, whether or not he comes back before the all-star break remains to be seen. But this is the first really positive offensive performance we've seen. And, with him out of the lineup, I think um, since he went down with that angle injury and you know, the guys, your stars were making shots, but I think, I think you saw Rob Williams, probably his best offensive game of the year in terms of, you know, punishing on the offensive glass and also showing, you know, not being afraid to shoot the ball when he had a mismatch down low on top of it. And, and incredibly um, Jalen Brown still played 32 minutes somehow in this game. Um, but this is a situation where the, you hope the learning curve of getting Rob back in the starting five and getting the offensive rhythm kind of back together um, is starting to turn the corner a little bit here with that group. Yeah.
0: Probably not a coincidence that obviously not the starting five that, that we're looking for the last year, starting five, but as close an approximation as you can get yeah. to that with, with Derek in there Derek. instead of Marcus. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, things start to kind of make sense again. And right. Like it's a, it's a blowout. How much can you really talk about it? You can revel in it. It was fun. It's against the team that we all want to see them blow out. Um, and it's good to just not have the stress of yet another overtime game and the stress of the minutes of another overtime game and, and all that. Uh, but I don't know how much you can ever really take away from a game like that. If they have, right. If they make 26 threes and shoot 40 something percent on them every single game, then they're going to be basically undefeated, undefeated for the rest of the year. That's just not going to happen. Right. I don't think that this is a game that you can, can look at and be like, ah, oh, we've, we've solved everything and the team is uh, is is going to be dominant for the rest of the way. You just, Right, like sometimes it's just things get rolling and out of hand, and, and that's what happened. And great, I would love to have it happen again next game. Um, but in the moment, it, it's a lot of fun. I wish they had broken 50, it would have been fun if they had been up by 50. It would be really fun if they won by 50,
1: but I guess I'll have to settle for 43. Settle for 43, you know, it's a future goals for the, the next matchup against the Nets, which always seem to be one of these lopsided games every year here. But all right, so where the Celtics are. On top of the Eastern Conference by, I believe, two and a half games. Yeah, two over and a half. The, two in the lost column. Two in yeah. the lost column over the Sixers. Bucks. Bucks, two, right. Bucks, yeah. yeah. Just another, uh, I think, three buying as well. And we're one week out for the trade deadline. And there's been absolutely nothing going on. Usually there's, uh, you know, uh smattering of trades here or there in the lead up of uh, end of January and at the start of February, before things really heat up as we get to the deadline this year, not so much. This is there's been, you know, beyond the Rui trade to the Lakers. Uh, it's been pretty much close to nothing all season long here, at least of consequential variety. And so, the question is, is the dam going to break here at some point? Are 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 there going to be some teams, Ryan? We know that th- this is pretty much a logjam in terms of competitiveness and the stains right now that have, has caused this delay. But my question to you now is, is this going to break at some point or are we going to see a potentially far quieter trade deadline across the league than than expected?
0: I wish I knew. Um, There are certainly some things at play. One is with the play in games. There's just a lot of teams that are, you know, buyers. That means that there are a lot of sellers. Uh, And so I think that's probably part of what's tying it up. Uh, and then the other part of it is that there's so many teams that are over the luxury tax already that I think you have a lot of teams that are like, OK, we're just over 500 or just under 500. We're sort of in range for playing. But, hey, we're only three games out of third place or fourth place or something. You know, we're, we're only a couple games out of being above the play in, but also we're three million dollars into the luxury tax and the luxury tax payouts are going to be really big. And so there's just these sort of competing things. Um, there's going to be trades. There's going to be probably the Spurs will end up taking a bunch of small salaries back and then like waving and cutting guys to get themselves up to, uh, you know, to above the, the floor and, and maybe even close to the, well, I guess it would be difficult to get all the way up close to the tax line, but they're going to spend all the money that they can. I would imagine just sort of taking players like they did with Noah Vonley and getting little assets here and there because you have all these teams that that could drop a few million dollars and, and get under the tax. Um, so, but that's not really what we're talking about, right? We're, we're talking about, is there going to be anything big? And we're just in this cycle where like the only names being thrown out there are the same guys. It's like every team is interested in OG Ananobi, I guess. Um, and nobody else can figure out who is really out there who makes a difference. Uh, so things will happen. I mean, maybe the trade deadline will pass and be like, oh my God, everything all it all just caught fire and all these trades happen. That that does happen sometimes. But at the moment, it just seems like there's right, there's too many buyers and, and not not enough sellers, which like personally I think is good. I think there are I'm for tombstone wins for getting, you know, for lottery assignment where like you'd have every team would be trying to win in the second half of the year. And the the trade market would really become difficult and players would become expensive. So I'm like, I'm not complaining about it necessarily. It's just this year. It, it doesn't seem like there's a, the same buyer seller balance that there are, that there have been in some other years.
1: All right. Let's take a quick break here. Talk about our sponsor bet online, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs College basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You can always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for any game out there. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use that promo code COns fifty to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Yeah, it's it's clearly the, the creation of this play and tournament that was, you know keeping things competitive for more a bigger percentage of the league throughout the year was a big part of that. And but this is this is a kind of a dream scenario from an NBA perspective since you're you know you're looking at the standings right now and I think twenty six teams can make a legitimate case that they're in I'd say Orlando's, you know Orlando's only four back of the playing spot and they've been playing far better basketball lately really, um yeah, since if they only start. play playoff games
0: if they only play against playoff teams from here right out, they'll definitely make it. it the problem is if they have to play any bad teams then they're they're then they're today. in trouble if they had the if, i don't know maybe dude, if they have the most difficult schedule left in the league then they might make the <laughs> then, yeah they'll, they'll be the favorites to get it and the yeah. Celtics will be rooting heavily
1: oh, heavily against them get them into the right, seven that's all we can <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's that's the way the league works right now if we're if we're nearing in on the Celtics and how they play into this. And I think you, you know, we've talked a, a lot in the last few months here and there about where things are at, but for you now, big picture wise, one week out, you have an open roster spot. You are close to full health with Marcus smart being the last guy, probably back in the fold at some point in the next week or two. I I'd honestly tell him to stay off it until the all-star break um, and get that extra what rest for him and, you know, increase the odds that he's going to be good to go for the long run in this regular season, but where, um if we're talking about just shoring up the back end of the roster, which I think is the, the most likely move the Celtics would make at this point if they are to make a trade at all, which uh, what, what direction do you lean in in terms of what you want to address or what you want to upgrade um, for uh, honestly, for insurance purposes more than anything else? always the wing right it's always that you want yep. to upgrade the wing but like
0: how do you upgrade the wing on the cheap it doesn't really work that way because everybody needs wings and whatever we all we all know the the deal with that i don't even really know if they have an open roster spot um again the celtics have their own tax considerations in that i suspect that like justin jackson probably not going to make it through the season they'll end up he'll end up on the spurs right and, the they'll, cut and they'll maybe <laughs> that Tony phone line that greg popovich be has been wide
1: there. open for the last couple well of years. they
0: got i mean they've got all this money to, to use and they can just pick up assets and get rid of guys. Cause that, you know, right now they're still below the, the floor, like, right. The, the Pacers used all their money to to give it to Miles Turner, which is fine. But um, so I expect that, that those roster spots, and like you might be talking about buyout guys, right? We know there's always, you talk buyout guys. There's always some buyout guy with a big name and everybody wants to talk about it. And the Celtics have some tools in order to get them, but those guys don't really make that much of a difference in the end. Uh, by the time the buyout market sort of plays out, you've also, bypassed another handful of games and you're talking about guys here for the regular season anyway. And so like you get to a point where it's okay, we're, we're adding guys for the regular season. By the time they've gotten here and gotten used to what we're doing and everything, you end up with like 10 games left because the trade deadline so late in the year now. Um, so it's hard to say, like, how do you add to your wing depth without actually making like a, a bigger trade? Um, I don't know that they necessarily have to. Do anything. I mean, my position, you've probably seen it, me talking about it, is like I've heard you and, and Forsberg were talking about guys you could get for like one first round pick, right? Throw out a bunch of names, whoever you may want to be. And I'm like, no, you, you really shouldn't do that. You should not trade one, exactly one first round pick for a guy. You either want to poach somebody who is like, you know, if you pick in Pritchard, even whatever, you know, your second round picks, that's all, that's fine. You can do that. You can do nothing and sign somebody in the buyout market or just sort of cycle in. Like I said, Tony Snell might be the reason he's in Maine is because they've told him that after they move Jackson, they'll bring him in. Cause that saves you luxury tax money, Okay, right. whatever. Um, Kevin Gailey gets converted from, from a two way on the last day of the year. Again, all the luxury tax sort of shenanigans. Um, any of that stuff is fine. You can go the other way and say that they should be making a much bigger move and they should be talked about in the same way that like their people are talking about the Suns and, the uh, the Grizzlies and whatever other team where they're saying, oh, they're going to go after OG Ananobi, right? You can absolutely, you can say that the Celtics should be involved in that game. uh Right in the middle where it's like, we're going to trade one first round pick because of the rules around draft picks and how you, what you can trade and what you'll be able to trade in the future. I'm like pretty hard against that of like, no, you should not, that level player that you get for that is unless you get like a really good deal on somebody is unlikely to help you enough to be worth doing that and encumbering all of like a lot of your future flexibility for where the team is right now, for all that it feels like we should be all in right now. It's like, okay, if you're going to be all in, go all in, do not go a little bit in and screw yourselves up for the next couple of years. When Jalen and Jason are still right there early in their prime, their prime will extend here. So I don't think they should do that. Um, But it, for me, it's all like my answer to this is always wings, right? Who do you need? Yeah.
1: They need to add a wing. It's been that for two years, three years, five years. It's always my answer. Well, Tatum's minutes are under control. So I don't understand your concern there for. Well, he's like
0: barely any in the last four days.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, so the, I think the, the, so in your mind is someone like is Pertle of where if if you get him for a straight first round pick, you wouldn't do that. That's still too much in your mind. Okay.
0: It's not, the problem isn't that he's not too much. If they had their 2023 first round pick, like if they hadn't already made their trade when they traded for Brogdon.
1: You're, you're hampering your flexibility because you have to trade 2025. And that means you can only trade one first round pick in the future. Now that's not two or two, but but one's already encumbered with the 2020 with the Spurs pick swap essentially. And
0: that encumbrance lasts years. Like that encumbrance lasts a a while. It's not that it clears at the next draft because you owe 2025. So you can't trade 2024 until the day of the draft of 2024. You could draft and trade, but right, whatever, like you can't this offseason, you can't trade 2024, 25 is already gone can't trade 26 so you can trade 27 and 29 but then 30 you can't because you would trade 29 28's already a swap like you get so limited that if a player who's worth going all in right if you flame out in the second round and you're like okay we want to make a significant change here to how the, the roster is structured like you can't and you're not going to keep Pirtle so if Jason and Jalen were 31 and 32 then it would be a different conversation but it's like you just can't do that thing. Um, and that's not like bad. They all the point is they already made that trade when they traded yeah, for the, Brogdon.
1: Yeah, Brogdon. And if right Christian. now
0: Brogdon was sitting on another team and you were like, could you get Malcolm Brogdon for one first-round pick for your 23? Like, of course, yes, go ahead and do that. That would be totally fine. It's just they've already made their trade for the one draft pick level guy. You can't then you can't do it again mid-season without it kind of screwing you up. So either go bigger, think bigger, or just sort of, you know, take
1: it easy and see what what develops on the cheaper side of the market. So, in all likelihood, then, if they stick to that um, rationale, which makes a lot of sense in terms of maintaining your future flexibility and ability to, you know, be in the mix for one of those guys down the line without uh, being unencumbered there, then you're looking at, you have Payton Pritchard and a boatload of, you know, current and future second round picks along with the Galnari, the TPE, these are all the weapons at your disposal here to make a a more marginal addition to the fold. And so I guess one other thing we haven't even talked about here, Payne Pritchard's recent remarks on the Point Forward podcast, where he pretty much laid out that, you know, I'm asked for a trade here after the year, essentially, because, or sometime sometime of, switch in the situation here when with white and brogdon and smart under contract for two or three more years i don't think that change is going to be happening so does that fact in itself make you more likely to shop him around in the present to find that maybe if it's not a wing even just the the insurance big that is an upgrade on luke cornett
0: yeah, but I mean, that can be anything, right? That could also be that you're trading him for um, a veteran point guard, right? Another yeah, another guard true. who who goes or another just sort of movement shooter, something like that, who has a couple of years left. And what I think he's really saying is like, I'm not going to sign an extension this offseason. He doesn't really have any control over it, uh, but you completely get it. He's an an older player for, for a rookie contract, uh, and he was playing deep in the playoffs last year. And this year he's been marginalized. And like, everybody understands it. I don't think anybody blames him for looking, you know, wandering eye and saying like, hey, I think I can, if I'm going to have a real career here that lasts beyond this contract and in the beginning of my next, like I need to, to be doing something. So yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and, and look around at, at all levels for that. That's kind of what they're always doing anyway, right? Like they're always shopping these guys around. And if he becomes the primary piece that allows you to bring back, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, right? One of the names that's always out there and you can do it without first round picks, then you probably would, would want to do that. You probably would want to do that even if he wasn't going on podcasts or the radio or, or saying things like that, because you'd be looking at it and saying, okay, well, we have a fourth guard, but our third wing right now is Sam Hauser, who's really fallen off from his early season, um, you know, impressive games. And it's like, okay, do, we don't have anybody else that we can trust in, in that position at the point. And so like, you would just be looking from a roster balance perspective about that anyway, even if it, it wasn't these other things in the situation. Um, so I, I think that that's, obviously reasonable i'm sure that's what they're already doing that's what every right like that's that's just where you start um like i said i i think everybody including where probably where your mind is and from like i said i listened to you and, and chris on on the last couple of episodes like i think that they should be and maybe are more involved thinking bigger about this at the moment like when you hear the owner of the team being like we should be more in like i want to be all in right now that you do yeah. have to open up the idea of like why aren't we talking about grant Williams? Like. What can you get for Gallinari and Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard and two first-round picks? What does that get you in terms of a guy who can solidify you as the favorite this year and will be on the team for another year or two? When you're buying bird rights for guys and like, because there's a conversation about whether or not not just Pritchard about like what Grant's future is and do they want to pay Grant Williams the amount that he wants to be paid with basically a stagnant season? Like I don't think he's been that many better this year than he was last year. Particularly we we know his value in in the playoffs maybe, but like, that's very realistically a conversation that the team would be having right now of like, do, like I said, you know, you don't want to trade one, but if you're thinking about trading one, then you may as well trade two, like you may as well just go in now and, and see what that, what that
1: opens up for you. And so name, I mean, OG, we've already talked about in terms of the names that fall in that category. Other like sleeper Type names. that could. I'm just looking. Been poking around. That's on the hard these one, teams. Right? It's Like it's like what, like a Kelvin Johnson? So that's who like I threw potentially. I know. I know. Yeah, that's like another one in terms of. There's. I don't even. I don't even like Kelvin Johnson. Right. I think but he's that's... really overrated.
0: <laughs> but it's. You know, it's like where, who was possible out there? That's the hard thing to to figure out.
1: Right. And so, like a guy like that, and that's the thing. It's like beyond that, and because you only know, you know, Detroit, Charlotte, Houston, San Antonio. Those are teams open for business orlando is they should be up in for business but they've got nice things going they're probably not going to want to touch any of the so, guys that you're actually interested but in. there's one
0: right and that's wendell carter yeah that's you that you true about. would you push in a lot of chips and do they look at it and say well our future is bancaro and isaac and bull bull and like we're sort of full of you know we've got these front court options and like he's a he's still very young but he would be a, a really interesting fit long term for the for the celtics as well for any team um and, like, would you go in heavy enough to be like, look, we'll give you Grant Williams, who, if you think of Carter as sort of a, a hybrid power forward center, then you could play him at at power forward. Van Carroll maybe as a center long term. Like, you get a lot of conversations in there, your first round picks, all that. I don't think there's anything really there, but just the point of, like, you, it's very difficult to find the guy that you're talking about for that package and, like, right, if it's not O.G., who i again like he's been my guy who i've been saying like they should be targeting for a while because of even last year when everybody was like you're crazy nobody he's not going to ever trade it. he's the next cornerstone of the franchise but i'm like all right okay sure i don't believe that but um but the the stuff they're talking about where oh somebody's going to give three unprotected first round picture like well he's actually not worth that yeah um so it is difficult in a in a really what appears to be a really heavily seller's market to figure out who that player is. And that's why it's, I think everybody then sort of goes, okay, well they should be looking at that. Maybe they are, but it's probably not going to happen. And so you end up back where we're just talking about like, what is Peyton Pritchard and two second round picks get you, right? Like I get the cycle and why you end up in that place for the
1: conversation. Um, but this is an important conversation to have like these names, like that. This is the first domino, like to, to fall. Like you, you can separate yourself in terms of like you're, you're the odds on favor right now by Vegas odds. It's obviously just a slight favorite. Um, but you can, in theory, one more big swing right now. You could change turn yourself into a clear cut favorite, and you also have to protect against other teams in the East. You know, trying to get ahead of you with making a similar type of trade, whether that's yeah. Milwaukee or Philly, and they don't have, you know, that both of those teams have limited assets, but they have some intriguing players and some you know first round picks in the holster. Um, in the case of of Philly, so that's stuff that you have to account for when you're trying to weigh your options on this front
0: yeah and then there's all the stuff that you don't really want to get into about again there's luxury tax considerations the celtics are pretty deep in already and are they going to be able to add money and what do they have for matching salary and so that sort of drops out some of the other names right john collins isn't really viable because of who you would have to have for matching salary so you cut more names out as you go and that's where you know where again where i end up with players who i'm not super hyped about, but also you look at it and you say, yeah, but you are the number one seed right now. And it's like, you know, flags fly forever and, and all that. And, and like, I come back to Keldon Johnson in part because it's like, Oh, well, he would actually save you a bunch of money this year. And maybe that opens up some other possibilities sure. down the line and would, uh, I... and he's a lot seems to really love long contracts, right. Contract control. um, And so it it is difficult to find the guy who, you're talking about but there are a couple of them out there and i think those are calls worth having and and worth investigating and if if you can get that guy if you can get the guy who everybody would think is a two first round pick player but you can get him for one first round pick and grant williams and, and peyton pritchard then it's like when i say you shouldn't trade for a player who is one first round pick value i mean like literally if you were saying how much would this guy be in a vacuum, okay, he's Yaka Pertle with a half a season left, I guess maybe he's worth one protected first round pick. Like, you shouldn't go for that guy. If you can get the guy who's worth two picks, but you get him for a pick and player, like, right, it's not that you can't only trade one pick, it's that you have to get a player who is high enough ceiling in order to be worth it, to encumber yourself in, in that way and to be giving up the player. So, I don't know. I think everybody understands that, but just to be clear, I'm not an idiot. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're not? No. So you get um... into, like, some of that that difficult stuff I just think you can you can think small on the day of the trade deadline sort of you can think small in the buyout market like you can go for the big you, they should be thinking big right now and again I'm sure they are like I'm not saying that they aren't just because you're not hearing about it in the media they just seem to be less leaky than they were under age right um But I think that those are the types of things that they should be talking about now a week away. And then it's like if you get down to the day of or the day before and it's like, all right, well, I guess we're talking about trading Justin Jackson and some second round picks and then bringing in Tony Snell for our last roster. spot. like you can do that at the end. You don't need to that. That doesn't take back and forth forever and supplant your ability to to talk about bigger things.
1: It's really too bad that every team is good. Every team, yeah, (laughs) that this is and that like a lot of teams have these contracts that you said are just a little too big for what the Celtics realistic budget is, or just are at positions of redundancy for them right now where it's like, okay, that's, you know, that's not going to do anything for them on top of what their depth chart looks like right now. So it's, yeah, looking through, it is really tough to find the type of player that, you know, checks those boxes Atlanta, even a team like, you know, there's Atlanta has so many intriguing guys, but like, you're not like Bogdanovich isn't expiring at this point. He's 30 and he's just not, you know, he'd be a fine, you know, an additional offensive wing creative in, in theory. But it realistically, you're not going to give up what Atlanta would be looking for in that situation. With just the, for salary matching. Right. Just for, yeah, just for salary matching. Like, you're just not going to, you're not you going to give up
0: Grant for a guy who's got two or three years left and is 25 years old, you can't really give up grant for a 30 year old expiring at a position. That's no. not like you're
1: yeah, it's. No, there's too much risk involved. involved there. Yeah. And yeah. and you're not, not necessarily is a clear cut upgrade when you factor in all the other moving parts that have to go. Along and it's like
0: bit. $30 million more in cash. Again, we don't want to talk about the luxury tax stuff because you yeah, want to think you're the you can pay anything, but there is some budget. They are already beyond the budget that I think we all said would be acceptable and you get to salary matching, but if that salary matching is $5 million below or, you know, even a few million dollars below and you're multiplying that by four times, like it, the money gets, there's a, an amount where ownership might be like, I don't, I
1: really? know we go on like TV and we're
0: all in, but like, yeah, let's, we're going to do
1: it for that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, exactly. like, we're, gonna pay much. we're giving up first round
0: picks <laughs> and we're giving up a guy who was, you know, guarding Kevin Durant and Giannis last year. Uh, okay. Maybe not. All right. So with
1: that in mind, uh, as we wrap up here, let's, I'm going to throw in some random low cost guys that won't fit the bit, like the big bill of swing for the fences and, you know, firing, you know, fearing into the what the Celtics have in terms of what they're able to offer and obviously fit fitting into their, their peril here. But so this is, these are the the smaller swings, but could conceivably help you here. I, one team that hasn't been talked about a ton from a, a Celtics perspective, I feel like it's Houston in terms of like, Having an, you know, is it Jay Sean Tate. Is that what we're going. I mean, look? Tate. We're no. I'm. I'm also looking at Kenyon Martin Jr. as like a low cost guy. Like what? What do you? Think they like him quite a bit, don't they? Oh, well, I guess they, he's like sort of a malcontent sometimes. <laughs> no, no, they but all, but all are been, in Houston. He's they been asking are. out exactly. I, I feel yeah. like Houston is an absolute mess. Yeah. And they're gonna Martin's under contract for another two years, so they don't have on team money. They don't have to move him. Tate's under contract for three years total. They don't have to move him, obviously. But like, what if you are? You know, would either of those guys be worth, you know, Purchard in a couple of seconds? And yeah. in the case of Tate, like, I don't know what you're doing a little bit more. Or even, you know, if you move Grant somewhere else, like having him kind of take in the Grant role. Like what's, what, what's how do you gauge either of those guys? I don't. You can also put Garrison Matthews in there, too,
0: as another guy who's, like, on their roster who, like, you could imagine taking into a final roster spot. But I think those guys are more of you take those guys into a final roster spot, not guys who you're trading Peyton Pritchard for who was playing in the conference finals and the finals last year. Like, yeah, I think that that probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, if you can get them for, you know, I, that unfortunately, that Houston second round pick looks like it's going to convert way down the second, the second round because Houston is so bad. Um, But if you can get it for if you can get that kind of guy for a couple second round picks, then great, fine. That's I'm all for it. Any basically anybody who the scouting team thinks is worth taking a flyer on at that price, I'm like, sure, I, okay, <laughs> maybe it'll work out. Um, Tate is useful to an extent. He can't um, really shoot, <laughs> but he can't really shoot. Neither can can Martin. Like Martin's super athletic. He'd be fun, but neither of those guys are gonna like. It would be very difficult for me to imagine Joe Musial looking down the bench and being like, ah you are the answer to me cutting Jason Tatum's minutes by six minutes a game. Right. Like, yeah, they're just not going to make that, that big of a difference. I don't think, but again, like if you're adding them because they're, you think they're an upgrade on Justin Jackson, then fine. Cool. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Um But I don't, I don't know how much of it. None of them are going to make a difference or they'd cost more. Right. Yeah.
1: Um. You brought up the Pritchard for like Vanderbilt. Hypothetical
0: that's the one everybody looks at.
1: That's I like, I feel like that's, that's one that actually could make sense on both. I mean, I guess Utah Ainge have, in Utah, yeah age like, in Utah. Obviously he's a, yeah. that's a Pritchard guy. Yeah. Conley, you know, they, they, there could be, whether it's Conley or Clarkson, like, I expect one of those guys to be gone. So maybe some, you know, minutes to, they have Colin sex in there, but they're, I don't think they're like in love with him by any means. And so bringing in at least a, a backup point guard um, or at least a backup shooter,
0: yeah, and there's a little bit
1: more long term juice there as well, right? Like they would expect right. to be able
0: to try to, re, you know, resign him and say, hey, we can give you a larger role, maybe not for the rest of this year. But even if they don't trade one of those guys right now, they're not all they not all going to be on the team next year, I would imagine. So. Um, but there's a lot of teams who are going to want Vanderbilt. And it's, it's one of those touchy things where it's like, how much do you do you value Pritchard? Because if Pritchard and two second round picks can get him. Fine. Yeah. if as soon as you start again as soon as you start talking about a first round pick it's like no it's just other teams can do that the celtics should not do
1: that i guess the other you know intriguing name on this roster who's kind of overperformed this year in terms of expectations is a guy like and like what what's uh what do you think it would theoretically take to to get him off of danny age's hands or as he moved into a different category at this point that's the problem right he's probably moved into a different category as the team has
0: moved into a different place than we where we thought they're going to be he's I assume going to be an all-star in the all-star game in Utah. If they had been, if they were only three or four games below where they are now, if he hadn't played quite to the level that he has played, then I think it would become an interesting, at least conversation. Um, my concern is that he would go back to being the player he was in Chicago and and, and wherever else he's been along the way. If you put him next to Jason and Jalen, instead of having him be the sort of focal point of that offense and, and maybe not worth the, the haul that they would, would demand for him. But it goes to the, que- you know, the point that I've been making about, you don't always have to look at the eighth man and ninth man on these other teams' rosters. You can look at the top of some of these rosters and say, like, if we offered two unprotected first round picks or an unprotected and a protected or, or whatever it might be. And and Markkinen would under other circumstances that aren't like too far into the alternate realities here would be interesting. But with where he is, even with the relationship with Ainge, I, that one's really hard to see. Right. Um, but I think like, that's the, the conversations that they have probably been having over the last couple of weeks and, and will for the next few days before they again might have to pivot to the to some of the the really smaller stuff. Vanderbilt, I don't think, is a smaller thing. I think Vanderbilt's an actual conversation they've probably already had about about Pritchard.
1: And I imagine Utah's like, we want to first, and just other teams around the league are going to be no, and so if they really want to move him, which I guess the good news for Celtics and other teams is like Utah looks like they have their center of the future that's not Vanderbilt, that is Walker Kessler, so that makes him at least... Someone what who's... position
0: is Vanderbilt? Like that's part of the right. Well, it's thing. To, I mean, <laughs> hard to figure that out. Like, what what exactly is he? That's part of the problem for trading him here, and why it's you can't give up too much. form is that William. So he's basically a Rob Williams backup, but he's not really a center. So what is he exactly? And like, it seems to be would be a really nice fit in between Jason and and Al. But then again, you're you're talking about a Rob Williams backup, and if Rob is hurt, and you're playing Jared Vanderbilt as your starting center, you're not going to win the title anyway. Like. So, but again, I'm not saying that I'm against trading for him. Completely would make sense and be a, a fine addition for the right price. But that for the right price is, is because the Celtics have already traded their 2023 first is looms over a lot of players of this kind of
1: level. New Orleans, I feel like, is in a spot where...
0: dare like they do something
1: you think they're gonna have to wait i think they're
0: gonna buy i mean they've lost all these games without zion but like they have to look at and be like well zion is gonna and brandon ingram just came back like zion's gonna come back and then we're gonna be good again i don't think they can be sellers the only thing is that they have so many of sort of similar type players with with herb jones and dyson daniels coming in and and ingram and trey murphy like they have these sort of wingish players where they they gotta trade one of their bigs too one too many they've got so many bigs and well jackson, they want to trade jackson hayes but he sucks right. so. he does suck it
1: yeah, you don't want to like <laughs> what's the, the yeah, you're not getting anything hernan gomez has been rumored whatever. but that's he's like what, Gomez. he's Hernan gomez him. exactly it's like that's a maybe a, a second round pick if you're if nothing else pops up
0: yeah oh exactly second round pick and and a tpe like yeah cool i'm totally fine with that like i right. like i've said it's just
1: whatever you, but you should be aiming higher. higher like you're that yeah. this is yeah. like yeah. You know, the there's hours. nobody
0: on Indy. That's the other team. You look at them, and you say, OK, well, they just extended Turner, but they've sort of fallen back and they have maybe now that Turner is extended and they've got Halliburton, they know he's going to be the centerpiece of their like, but they just don't have anybody on their roster who you look at either. And they're like, ah, that guy, there's names in there that you can you can look at and be like, OK, well, I kind of like that guy or not, but he makes too much. That's not going to happen. And then you get down the list and you're talking about just players. And you're like, well, how exactly are you going to work out that that trade? Uh, but it's at least a team that's positionally interesting because you could imagine them saying, Hey, you know, listen, I know we had a fun first third of the year, but like, we have a chance to get fall back here and add another top 10 pick to, you know, to Halliburton and, and Matherin. And then we really be cooking. So you could look at them and maybe they want to take a step back too. I just, unfortunately, again, like, I don't know who the name is. That makes a lot
1: of sense there. Daniel Tice. That does. Course, the name. It's always Daniel Tice. That's your answer. Uh, does does Josh Hart do anything for you?
0: So he's a, one of the exact names. So I'm like, the problem is the price, right? It would be he is a player who should cost one first round pick. Yeah. And it's and if it like right, the exact same thing. If you were talking, if the question was, would you trade your 2023 first round pick for Josh Hart right now? I would say yes. Would I trade my 2025 first round pick for Josh Hart having already traded 2023? And I don't even know how much money he makes and what the salary matching would be. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um it's just it's he like, makes I don't thirteen would... thirteen million. So you do 13, like Gallo, and, so and Pritchard. Pritchard and then Jackson gets you yeah, Jackson, it's all gonna, gonna be you. your yeah. tax team, so the restrictions exactly. on salary matching are a little tight. Like, okay, that's manageable, not a huge deal. But Pritchard and the twenty I don't think you can actually like you should actually do that right now, unless if it was 2023 great if Jalen and Jason were much older understandable right now I think you have to not make that mistake
1: yeah and there's really nothing else there that no. you know, Winslow was not going to do anything for you at this point even though he is technically and every yet. any given
0: week they look like they're gonna be a playoff team because yeah Dame does what he does yesterday and makes a million shots and it's just like we all know what their problem is their problem is the same problem they've always had and it's that they've got two small scoring guards and one of them is great. And one of them isn't quite so great. And we all know what their team is and, and they probably do as well, but unless they're going to put Jeremy Grant out there as, as a trade candidate. And then you again are right back into that. Like, okay, is this a fit at a higher price? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where else you are with that team. It's why right. it's really hard to make trades right now. It's hard to make
1: trades. All right. So yeah. we'll wrap up here. What's your, what's your favorite, what's your ideal, like, small move addition for this team you've you've thrown a few out there on twitter over the last few weeks i don't think that's any different
0: from anybody else right like i think vanderbilt would be a good addition uh, uh, if they can get him out there at that price um i i would i would love if they would offer herb, herb jones up if we could get him in you know pritchard in seconds for for herb jones i don't think that he's going to be available for that low of a price even with I don't think he's a great fit when new Orleans is fully healthy. And I don't know if he's really a long-term piece there because they just have other guys who can shoot. And when you have Zion, you need, you know, you should be putting more shooting around him. So like, there's that, that type of thing, but I don't think it's realistic. Uh, so I don't, I don't really have an interesting answer to that. I, I think it again would be completely reasonable if they like move one guy off the roster at the end and bring in Tony Snell on a third of a season contract. And no, that's not a little attempt. bit of money and not and acceptable. On the last day of the year, they're like, "Ah, Kevin Gailey, you get you get a year of NBA contract here before being on the roster for a day," um, and and it's all just sort of like money moving stuff because when they're all healthy, they're all the team's already really good. I just I just wish Sam Hauser could make more shots.
1: I think it's if they don't add, if they don't use the TPE or whatever they need to do to add an insurance big, I think that's it's not a, it's, 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 it's oh I don't care about like, insurance big at all. You I don't care about insurance, big like yeah. I. You need to have someone who's better than Luke Cornett. Or you're not going to get I, somebody better I, than Luke Cornette.
0: You're going to think you got somebody better than Luke Cornette. You're going to have exactly to have an alternative. You're going
1: to have to have an alternative to what Luke Cornette does. Okay. I don't think I you're going to make that on the bio who, market.
0: I mean, you, you, that's think you, you get fun, that down right. in
1: the market. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's You, always you available need a rebounding big that's better than Noah Vonley that you already dumped. And so if you can find that just for those situations and potentially so you can have that alternative for Joe Mazzula in the regular season when. These guys should be resting back to backs and are just resting more in general. I think that that needs to be done with second round picks and whatever matching salary. You're on. You know, keep Pritchard if you if the guys obviously not good enough to to move him for. But I think to to rely strictly on the buyout market for that, given I would expect like a decent, you know, the easiest thing to acquire on the trade market should be in theory like a a, just, know, a fourth big or whatever. Like you you should care. be able to do that.
0: <laughs> I, they're the number I, one team in the league, and Rob Williams is you need to have that minutes. insurance. Have that he's insurance, 400 minutes, and they're already number one. Like, they have already shown that they don't need that insurance in order to be the best team in the league or the, mm. the best regular season team in the league without Rob. Like, Rob comes back, you need that less than what they already did when they were the number one team in the league. Like, Cornette has been fine, he's been fine. And the few times they've been like, Okay, Blake Griffin, we're gonna throw you out, he's had his moments. Like, whoever you get is gonna be the exact same level of player who you have. And 15 games after you add them, you're gonna be going, Oh man, we should have added somebody better at the trade deadline. It's too bad there's nobody out there. It's just like that's life as a fourth big. It's just they're just not that good. Mason Plumley. No. Whatever. Um, Mason Plumley sucks. Um <laughs> Mason Plumley, like again, if they I say the exact same thing I said before. If you can get them for nothing and it's just money, I don't care. Fine. It's not my money. Like if the if yeah. the owner, if ownership green lights it for Mason Plumley and you can and coaching and scouting says, yeah, we think that that he's a significant upgrade. OK, but like, what is the situation where you're going to be playing him in the playoffs where it like is better than Cornette or or Grant Williams playing center and just adding more minutes to Robin Allen, saying, like, if we're going to win the title, we need to have them play a bunch of minutes and get lucky that they stay healthy. I just I don't know.
1: I mean, you're not going to be disguising. This, guy isn't, this guy isn't playing in the playoffs unless those guys are hurt. But if
0: they're hurt, hurt, you're not winning what you want to win anyway. So it's like, and I know you can't just totally throw it away and be like, ah, well, yeah. well that's the end of it. Right. Well, that's what's what kind of mentality is? is that? I mean, they mentality. <laughs> like that's it's I'm like sorry, you're have... not gonna get past you're not gonna get past Philly and Milwaukee if you don't have Rob and Al both healthy.
1: What if Chris and, Middleton gets and, hurt again? And what if James Harden gets hurt? Like, okay. like you so know, like this, which it happened last, last year. If
0: everybody gets hurt on, on This is now, not everybody. Then, this is a couple guys that get hurt. Plumlee is not good is the problem <laughs> like mason plumley is good at the thing that he's doing which is that he's scoring you know he can sc- he would score points for the celtics to mm. uh, you could put him in rob's role on offense and it would be fine as long as you tell him if you ever shoot a jump shot again we're never playing you mm. um
1: well, joe joe's pretty direct in his conversations i think that that's yeah uh...
0: if you went to him and said you have 12 usage you know i, mean, I don't like, Plumlee. like i'm just throwing exactly, him out but...
1: like like i this I know, I know, you, I know. Pino was, is like, like, his, Pino was just yeah, like
0: threw him. Pino Mason was like, Mason Plumlee's good. We guy. should go get him. And I'm just sitting there listening. I'm like, what, Mike? You've been listening. You've been watching the NBA for years. You know this is wrong. <laughs> like, no, he's not in the playoffs. He's not. He's just, and you'd have to give up stuff to get him. But if you can get yeah. it for nothing, I don't care. That's yeah. cool. Fine. I just, I think that the idea that they need to have another another big, is like, if they can add one on the buyout market, I'm totally fine. If they add one for nothing, I'm totally fine. I just think that it's like. Grant is a small ball option, Cornett is the big ball option, and then you you just if they don't stay healthy
1: with with Al and Rob, then I just worry that you get for second round picks. Yeah, no, I mean, I just I worry about Cornett's like defensive rebounding in the playoffs if he's if you ever need to like use him.
0: Well, fortunately, Um, Jason Tatum is now one of the best defensive rebounders in the league. This is fair. This is fair. Out of nowhere, like he was like. well, he woke up one day and was like, Oh, you know what this team really needs to rebounding now. I'm a power forward who's going to get all the defensive rebounds. Uh, it's actually like that's not even like a small thing or a joke. Like, he actually has become a really useful defensive
1: rebounder in, in matchups where we've needed it. He got mad when I asked about his rebounding earlier. She was like, Of course I can rebound like this, and I'm like, Oh, okay, but this is it's been yeah. better. I mean, it's been it's not, he wasn't a bad bit. rebounder, before, no, he's always been he good just, for he, he was like a small
0: forward rebounder before, and now yeah. he's like a power forward rebounder, and it makes a big difference when you're when you're playing with. With thirty whatever year old Al Horford or Grant Williams or
1: whatever, it's like he covers he on in every way he covers lots of gaps. When you want to be, when you think you're going to be the MVP, you this is stuff that can potentially separate you. So, um, so far so good on that front. All right,
0: that's it Give for a big trade. I gave my big trade. Go, right? I okay. gave the big trade. I gave you my whatever there is. Would you if they could get? if they could get Ananobi for two, let's just say unprotected first round picks and Grant and Pritchard and then Gallinari to make the math work, would you do it? Yes. Never going to be an all-star. Very likely. Never going to be an make, all-star. Cause... Might walk after next season. I think I would do it too, even though I don't think he's actually worth that in a vacuum, but like the team is
1: not in a vacuum. They're first no. in the league. Right. Um, that That's just so like, you would do it? I, I think you, cause you look at what you're, you're losing what you're like, you're, you're keeping, you can give the money that you're going to give the grant to yeah. him and then yep. obviously pay, overpay him to account for that. Maybe moving forward a little bit to get him to stay and winning would kind of cure everything.
0: Well, two years right. from now, you probably have to pay him 30 if you're yeah, keeping it. But that's, so you but probably that's, have to trade Brogdon, who's going to be 33 or right. 32. Which is 30. fine, right. which time's up so anyway. Fine. For two that. years down the line, those things are going to have to happen regardless. Right. Next year, you're paying Ananobi 18 instead of Grant. 13 or 14. Like there's some amount of money in there that may have to get worked out. But really what you're saying is grant for extending at the end of this year for, or re-signing at the end of this year for four more years, plus two unprotected picks. And like we said, Pritchard is probably moving on anyway, at some point in the not too distant future for Ananobi, who, like I said, I think he's as an offensive player, he's certainly overrated as a defensive player. Maybe he's as good as, as advertised, but undeniably, Smart Brown Tatum, yeah, and that's your final piece, Williams then, or right, you know, right, yeah, like that's a title favorite team. Uh, you're know, adding to a team that might already be the title favorite. Like, I think I would do it too, even though it's, it makes me a little bit like I don't think he's worth it, but
1: it's probably not. But that's you're gonna have at to this, overpay at
0: this moment, you got to overpay. I mean, I said it right at, at the end of at the end of last season, too. Actually, I think going into the, to the finals, I said whether or not this team is defending champion or um you know, or defending finalists, my number one target for this offseason and next year would still be OG Ananobi, even though I know you'd have to overpay for him. And yeah.
1: I take it back though. I wouldn't do it. I need I need a sweetener from Toronto. And I <laughs> I need you need Wancho back. You need Wancho back. I'm sure they would well you I probably did. do end
0: up taking somebody <laughs> back just <to> make <laughs> yeah, roster I end up getting.
1: Um and that may be who it is. I'm sure he would be excited. he'd be ecstatic because <laughs> of how much he loved it here. Oh uh, man. All right. So that that's there's your pie in the sky uh small scale stuff i'd be on the, i'm also on the, the vanderbilt train or on the um i don't know i'm not even like one of the charlotte guy i guess i guess pj Walker, we even talk about him but i think that's he's another type of guy that's just the first round pick that i don't think is not is. gonna work at it in. you don't even think it's worth the first well i just um, you look at Right, but they I
0: just traded. What did what did Hachimura move for? Right. Multiple second seconds. These guys yeah. who are going to be restricted free agents never bring as much as you think their names are going to be. It's been that way for five or six years now. They're they're always like they get traded and people are like that's that's it. And then everybody who watches these things is like, no, that's actually a totally fair value and what what they should go for, just like Hachimura. I think that you can get PJ Washington. Unless right. they're thinking like we definitely he's part of our future and they just don't want to trade him at all. If he goes on the market, it'll be multiple second round picks. Yeah, I feel Pritchard like it's like him pick.
1: or I feel like they have to choose between him or McDaniels because you're probably not going to pay both those guys. Yeah. If and if the Celtics actually.
0: added him, they would then have to choose between him and Grant Williams. Right. It's just right. Is he worth it for this year? Swapping Peyton Pritchard in and in a second round pick or two second round picks for him. Like again. Yeah, sure. That, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, you know, coming in like this is a, a pure rental unless Grant gets a and there's a little bit of insurance in case somebody offers Grant 18 million a year and you're like, well, well, we can just get PJ
1: Washington for half that. Right. <laughs> They're not both gonna get offer sheets. But no, if you can I threw it, throw like three second round picks, Pritchard, whatever other filler you need. If they if they will bite on that, I think that's 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 a no-brainer in my mind, because that's something that's a decent insurance policy, a guy who would be nice to have in your rotation, but you don't like need him in your rotation um in the playoffs. And yeah, like you said, and, and decent insurance for grant negotiations after the year, since both of those guys will be restricted um, at that point. So yeah, there you go. There's mine. Um, all right. Fall Ryan at Danger Cart on Twitter. We will be all over the traded line in the next week. Ryan will be back at some point in the aftermath um, of everything. And rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Everyone in the meantime, Ryan. Um, When's the next trade going to happen around the league? Final it prediction. probably happened while we were recording. Yeah, right? Did it just happen? <laughs> <Does> it already <laughs> happened. It's in the past now. Alex Crusoe, dealt. No. Nothing. Is uh, no, nothing. No, it but it's just only a matter of time. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be on top of it. Thanks for listening, everyone.